0: Oh, my God. Michael, guess what? What? Sosa came. Where did he get you? Oh, my God. I'm opening it right now. It's exactly what I wanted. No way. What we've all wanted this whole time. Is it? The Diary of a Wimpy Keef Christmas special episode. Oh, my (gasps) God. Thank you, Sosa. Thank you, Sosa. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: All right. We're Welcome back. back guys. We're back. Welcome back.
1: I know it's you a... missed us and we missed you too. We missed you. Been a long what's... time in the making, but it has. Feels good. As always. Feels... I'm Michael.
0: I'm Mac. And this is The Dire, dire Wimpy, Wimpy Keith. Keith
1: Podcast.
0: What up? All right, Michael, what's on the docket today? Today
1: we have two very big things. We have a Big personal thing. fan favorite, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Cabin Fever. Boom! Or as you might know it as the blue one, the light blue one, not to be confused with Roger Rules, the other blue one. Boom! And a, a little great bit book. later, we have something even more special—a surprise, a Christmas surprise. Can I get a drum roll? <laughs> Love is Rage Two, the deluxe edition. The review coming Boom. soon to you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Let's jump into it. Let's start off. Cabin Fever: The plot summary. It's time to shine. Merry Christmas, y'all. Let's go. All right. So, as you know, it's called Cabin Fever. It's because it's there in Christmas time. It's the winter. The story starts out right before Christmas. And Greg is, as always, a little worried, a little nervous. There's a little animosity. Wonder why? Because his mom brings out the frickin' Santa Scout. It's the elf on the shelf, but it looks creepy, and it moves, and it watches him wherever he goes.
1: And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced this, but have you ever had a little creepy little midget doll staring at you while you're on the toilet? I know that I personally could not take a piss while there's a little doll staring into my soul. You just can't. So I don't really blame him for this. But this is something that in his mind is caused by his brother Roderick, who's always just kind of... He's just kind of there doing his thing.
0: Greg kind of suspects Roderick is up to the little Santa, sneaker helper, scout, you know, being moved around. However, he's also not taking any chances. He's on his best behavior so that he gets the best presents possible from Santa. And Greg is trying to just stay out of everyone's way. He's in his room. He's on his computer. What's he playing, Michael? He's playing Net Critters. Net Critters. Boom, boom, boom. The biggest game of 2012.
1: And you might say, what is Net Critters? That sounds stupid. Well, I'm here to tell you that
0: you're wrong. All right? Shut up. Shut up. Net Critters is balling. All right,
1: Netcurves is a game where you have you can have your own little pet. You can dress them up as clothes. You can make them do stuff. It's kind of like Webkinz, but for
0: alpha males. All right. It is the Chad Webkinz. Greg is grinding. You know, he's grinding on Webkinz. He's hacking into his mom's credit card. He's buying his chihuahua clothes. He's buying his chihuahua trampolines. He's buying everything. He's getting that cash in Webkinz. However, stupid mom stupid Susan comes in and she says, no more V-Bucks for you, Greg. And this hurts Greg a lot because he was really just trying to stay out of everyone's way and be good for Christmas. But now he has to get to scheming to find a way to fuel his addiction. So, Greg's out here
1: kind of broke. His mom no longer providing for him. He's left to his own devices. So he thinks, huh, My church has this little winter wishes drive that I can bag some money from. But he doesn't want a gift, no. He wants WebCurs money, all right? So he he puts a letter and says, leave $20 under the dumpster on Christmas Eve. Boom. Easy as easy. And he doesn't think anything of it. But he realizes the next day, how can he make some more money?
0: Drummies. We're always drummies. What are drummies? I'll tell you. Drummies are, well, they're kind of a delicacy. You see, every year, their school holds this little school store thing called the Holiday Bazaar. And at the bazaar, what can you order for food, you might ask? Drummies. They're little drumsticks. And they're the best drumsticks Greg has ever had. However, they have a dumb name, and they cost so much money. So this makes Greg angry until... He goes to the store. Did you know Guess what? at he... your
1: local Costco, you can get drummies for $5.99 instead of the school $5.99. prices of $20.99? What? I didn't know that. What?
0: Greg didn't either. Until he went to the store and he found them in the freezer aisle. And, realizes... and he bought the whole stack.
1: And this leads him to the conclusion he can trap out the drummies at his own bazaar and make bank.
0: Boom, boom, boom. Greg and Rally they're in business. They gotta make their own bazaar. But how do we make it better than the school? I know what you're thinking. It's exactly what I'm thinking. It's exactly what Greg's thinking. We build it in the basement.
1: What do we put in that basement? So set up Rowley
0: Pac-Man machine. <laughs> Rally Pac-Man machine. We put Rally in a cardboard Pac-Man machine and we get it packing. What's Rally packing? Piss bottles so he can pee <laughs> In the Pac-Man machine, while he's operating the ghost, while you're operating the Pac-Man. Boom. And this works pretty good. His Pac-Man. Until he runs out of
1: bottles and begins to piss himself. It's not good. Which in turn leads them but, to think, we're pretty much done with the bazaar. But not before they'll yeah. get their one final hurrah. And that is, we, to get a we need to put posters up around the school. So people come. And what happens, Mac? Cause,
0: well, I don't know about you, Michael. But if you've ever tried to make a poster with some really high-quality markers, they're strong. They get the job done, you know? Especially if you use a really bright color.
1: you're done great. Here's the issue. something happens.
0: Mm, it's tough. You put them on the wall, but if they get wet, they will bleed through and stain whatever surface you put them on. So... When the police are driving by the school and they see two people staining the school walls, Greg and rally just doesn't look good for them, does it? However, Greg and rally are able to escape, but the law does catch up to them the next day.
1: The next day, they go to school. They're feeling great. But everything is just going haywire, all right? They have fake lie detector tests, teachers, assemblies, trying to figure out who bled through on the wall and painted it green. All right. And of course, Rowley, in this book, he just shines above Rally. how much of a little bitch he is. Rally the Rowley, the retard, comes retards, through in full force. And he writes a note to the principal saying, not just Greg Heffley, he says, me and Greg Heffley stained the walls.
0: And this leads to Greg. There's no signature. So it's just Rowley saying, me and Greg Heffley. Did the walls. So they don't know who wrote the note, but they know Greg Hesley was involved. But Greg, it's a sad day for does Greg. does not do a
1: rally. He goes out and he does a Bobby Smyrna and takes one for the team. All right. He says, you know what? We do it Clean all for the, the bros. And he took the entire sentence of cleaning the walls
0: all by himself. Greg does his time. He cleans the walls. He's doing community service. He's out here. He's helping. He's a reformed man. He goes back to his house after school, and what does he find? A note on his door. What does the note say? It says, town police department, we came, but no one was here, and we will be back soon. This frightens Greg, as he believes that he is still wanted by the police for vandalizing the school, despite already doing his time. So he goes inside. And he'd probably play some web critters to calm down a little bit. Because that's the only thing that brings him any comfort in this world anymore. However, something terrible would strike Greg's hometown over the next day. The
1: blizzard of 96.
0: Oh! <laughs> the blizzard, blizzard, blizzard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright right, right. okay okay we're in this yeah, together right. you might be thinking that's a scary blizzard what could happen well the worst happens Greg is locked alone oh. with his family with no way out for an entire week but that's not it not a Christmas miracle because Roderick was asleep during all of this, as he would be, and let the basement flood. Now they have Project a flooded basement, cold house, no food, no heat. No food. No heat. If you ever think of an African tribe in the tundra, that's the life they're living.
0: All right, they are trapped it's in that hut, and here. there's no way out. So you might think the whole family is doomed. Well, let's focus on two key players here. One... Greg's dad, not in the house. He was at work, and he got to live it up in a nice fancy hotel and just wait the blizzard out while his family dies. So, Greg's dad, thumbs down. Not a good dad in this moment. Number two, where's Manny? Manny seldom comes out of his room during this time, so we don't really know what's going on. But one time, Greg is a little bit suspicious, and he goes into Manny's room. Guess what he finds, Michael? He
1: finds something horrible.
0: Something dastardly. Manny has something full rude electricity and disgusting.
1: He has a heated what? television with food. He is living it up like royalty.
0: All right. This is not okay. Has... Manny let his family starve and eat ketchup for meals while he lived it up in his room full of heat and candy. And, and every nice amenity you could dummies. ask for. What? And if you
1: never before realized how just evil and vile and just nasty, stinky of a person Manny is. Stinky. This really shows you just stinky man how
0: horrible he is. Manny is not a person. Manny is a goblin. No, it's
1: really fuck Manny all twenty twenty.
0: All twenty twenty,
1: all decade.
0: Whatever. Just fuck him. We hate Manny. We hope he dies. I know I would fuck that little shit. I would. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I hear what you're saying. (laughs) All 2020. You might be thinking. Fuck Manny.
0: Get bitches. Fuck Manny. Get bitches. Holly Hills. I'm looking at you. Let's get on the grind. All right. I'd be thinking. Why would Manny do something like this? Well. It's. He gave a reason. It's not an okay reason. But just for the sake of the plot. I'll tell you. Manny freaking let his family starve to death and almost freeze to death and watch as their house got flooded just because they refused to teach him how to tie his shoes as one which they did he's just dumb enough that he can't learn it right so Manny you don't even have a reason to be doing this with no reason just a retard with no reason no purpose only to be the devil in baby human alligator form. All right, Michael, I'm done talking about Manny. He makes me vomit. He makes me, yeah, that's what he makes me do. I don't even want to think about that little buck-toothed boy ever again. So tell me, what's next? What happens to Greg? Greg's tired.
1: He's fed up. He's done, all right? No, he has two options here. I would
0: be too. He can make a mixtape.
1: Or he can go to that church and look for his money that he has to be under that dumpster. Get that cash. He chooses the second option. All right? He oh. goes to that church. He shovels the entire driveway and looks under the snow. For that money. For the bread.
0: Looking for the He's bread.
1: He's very disappointed to find out that there is no person that would shovel up all the snow just to put money under it. He goes home. Disappointed man. Ski mask on and everything because of how cold it is. Little does he know. The police were watching the entire time and saw that some masked hero cleared the way for all the homeless people to be able to go to the church's food drive.
0: What Greg is again the hero of the story. He didn't even know, and yet he did so much good. This is why we stand, Greg Hefley. And I think
1: that's how this story really wraps itself up, just kind of with a nice, nice little bow on top, wholesome ending. Of Greg feeding the homeless, even though he kind of got just screwed over and got nothing the entire story. He does win in the end,
0: you know. This book, I gotta say, I like it a lot. I think that people say it's the last great Diary of a Wimpy Kid book. Yeah. I'm, i I would agree right. with that. You know what? That's okay. That's that's the opinion. That's what I'm sticking to. But I feel like that that title sells it a little short. I honestly, this is a top three Diary of a Wimpy Kid book easily. It's just so, it's easy, like easily the top three. It's so, there's so much action. The biggest plot twist in any Diver Wimby Kid book. The biggest moments of Greg like shining and being a beautiful human being come in this book. Um, the only complaint I have about this book is Roderick really isn't present, but you know what? We make up for it in every other way possible. So you know what? Thank you, Jeff Kinney, for this beautiful book. Let's get into the little bit of a more deep analysis, and then we'll go to our break real quick. Well, as I look this book over, I think that there's a lot to really unpack here. We see our, our main character, Greg, and how he interacts with Raleigh is almost a little bit different. You can kind of see the tide shifting a lot, uh, in the later books especially, but especially in this book is where it kind of starts to happen, where Greg and Raleigh kind of drift apart. And we see that in the very beginning, right? So Greg and Rally are making their bazaar, and they put up the posters, right? And Rally freaking snitches on Greg. That's one. What the heck, Rally? It's just, it's not nice. Like, why would you do that? I get that Rally is kind of a sheltered child and he wants to do the right thing, but even this was out of character for Rally. It was just, just mean. Honestly, didn't need to happen. Rally six nine the whole squad, and got away with it.
1: And it just kind of shows you how he's the golden child that always just kind of, he just succeeds. He did it, got away with it. It's fine. Nothing will ever happen. You kind of see some comparisons between him and Manny right there. Yeah. And I feel like Greg had to make up for it. And I think that's a big part of this entire book, is Greg unintentionally doing something for himself and then ending up helping the community in a big way and being the mass hero. Yeah. Absolutely right. From we see this, like trying to promote his own stuff, and then unintentionally cleaning off the entire school walls.
0: Exactly.
1: Looking for money and
0: helping the homeless. We're helping out, Greg. You know he's helping out this book. He's doing nothing wrong. He's good. I see a lot of maturity from him in places you wouldn't expect it. Greg's grown up. He's not the same person he was in the first book, and I really give props for this character development. You know, it's subtle, but it's clearly there, and we see it. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I like it. I definitely character um, development. That's a beautiful thing.
0: <laughs> so, it's not to say that this book is not without its struggles. Greg faces a lot of challenges in this book, despite being this good person that we see him blossoming into. What do you think about that, Michael?
1: I think in the other, there's really every single book. There's a different conflict that he's finding with a different part of his life. The first one, he's fighting himself and society, and the way they look at him. And the second, he's really fighting That's his family right. and how they just abuse him. And in this book, I really think that he's just fighting nature and the circumstances that he's been put in. He's just That's so constantly true. battered with bad luck and nature just telling him no.
0: This is really like a man versus God conflict here, you know. This is that post classical literature coming into full play where we see human beings just getting swamped.
1: I feel like you can't do about it. In like a Roman library, and they would realize that this is just God smiting Greg Heffley, the entire book.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really kind of similar to like Odysseus and that he's just trying to be a good dude and he's trying to like do his journey and get back to his family. And be safe. But the gods just keep smashing him again and again. But he gets back. And he does it. But let's be honest. Honestly. The
1: Odyssey. It's
0: not on the same level as Diaryl. Not on the same level. I mean. You kind of have to take. The Odyssey with a grain of salt here. I take Coward Fever. With a grain of sugar. It's good. It's great. Doesn't need anything. All right. I think that wraps up this portion. I mean. If you have any thoughts on the book. Please let us know. Um. Hit us up in the reviews, in the comments, whatever, whenever. All right, let's move into our sponsors. Thanks for listening. All right, if you made it this far, it means you're a fan. It means a lot to us. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a quick break just to list off some of the sponsors of the show. If you want to be a sponsor, just get in contact, make a donation, whatever it takes, whatever it works. Michael, who are our sponsors today? Our We have some very special sponsors today.
1: We have... First, our biggest sponsor, Miss Shoopman. What up? All right. Miss Shoopman.
0: The Shoopster, Shoopster Shoopy Poopy in the building. She
1: might not have contributed the most, but she contributed the most spirit. And we appreciate that. The most spirit, spirit means more me than too. money around here, but money is greatly appreciated. Consider donating. And definitely we have two other people. Emma and Rain. We'd like to thank you for your contribution. Emma and Ring. Thank you, Emma and Ring. Also it means a lot appreciate you hunter b hunter Beresford, thank you for what you've hunter done Beresford. for this
0: podcast thanks hunter b and nathan
1: from the you're bus. helping out
0: you're making it happen nathan from michael's bus what up thank you for donating means a lot appreciate you. hope to see you on the sponsors list next time all right we just
1: we really can't do this podcast without your guys's contributions you give us funding we can't you give us the ability to make these episodes and we really appreciate everything you guys do for us from the bottom of our hearts Thank
0: you. If no one donates, we just can't make it.
1: It won't happen.
0: We give to so you. So thank you
1: for donating. And you just give back to us. That means a lot.
0: It's, it's the season of giving, so we thought we'd give a little something to you. So maybe consider giving something back. Big shout out to everyone. Big shout out to the listeners. If you're listening right now and you're not donating, we've still got love for you. Thanks for Every listening. Every single person Thanks that for adds that real. plus
1: one to our listens, that's a lot of love for me to you. Just know that thank you're you. a real one if you listen to our podcast. Just know we get money for every listen, but it's not the money that makes that makes it matter. It's the fact that we took up the long graph. And I guess listen, we appreciate you a thank lot. You.
0: Appreciate we're you, up to five hundred listens
1: on the last episode.
0: What and that really That's just
1: crazy? It blows my mind that we can make it this far. So thank you, every single one of you.
0: Thank you. All right, guys. You may be thinking. I'm listening to the Diary of a Wimpy Keefe podcast. I'm here for Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Chief Keith. However, we have a little something different this episode. What? 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 We have Love is Rage 2 Deluxe Edition by Lil Uzi Vert. We're shaking it up. We thought we'd give you something a little special for Christmas. Michael, I know you love this album. Why don't you take it away for us for a minute? All right.
1: If you didn't know, I'm a very big Uzi fan. And you might be thinking, "Well, oh, darn, I wanted some Chief Keef today. Well, that's too bad for you, so you can suck it up. Because guess what? Too
0: bad. Life isn't always
1: fair, and you get what you get. So stop pitching a fit, all right? But. Facts. Love is Rage 2 is a really special album for me. It was honestly kind of the album that really got me into music the way that I am now. And I think it was just, it's kind of, in my opinion, a masterpiece. Even though as there's a lot of people out there that'll say, oh, well, this is kind of a low point for his career. It was a disappointing release because of all his other stuff. But I think it was really essential. The way that just kind of... He really diversified himself. He evolved his career through this and he just kind of showed how versatile his sound was. How many different flows he can throw at you. And kind of... The flows are good. combined everything that he had been building up in his last projects and just made it into one with the best of all of the worlds. There were also the songs... 20 minutes and sauce it up. That right. really showed he could be a hit maker, Good make fix. some big songs, get some big numbers, have kind of a do too much high beat or a nice flow, and just mm-hmm. kind of appeal to the masses. And I think we do have to have a little segment about EXO to her life. We definitely do. We need to talk about the song in depth because that was Yeah, I heard probably the biggest song oh, of 2017, okay. in my opinion.
0: Probably was. I would give it that, definitely. Um, if you ever heard Exo True Life, just give it a listen right after this. Right, just pause it. Just give it a listen. Come back so you're refreshed. Even if you have heard it, just listen to it again. It's a great song. I think it has just this... such a, It's such a vibe, honestly. There's no other way to describe it, honestly, than a vibe. It's, it can be happy. You can blast it with your homies and you can all be singing it and you can be happy. Or you can be alone and you can be kind of nodding your head and be a little sad to it, but it still just has that bop vibe quality to to it where it's just it's just a great song. It's just a perfect song. Thank you, little Uzi, for Exotour Life. Do you have anything to add about it?
1: I think it kind of it was an important song for his career. you was already a big yeah, artist definitely. and like one of the biggest in the trap game. But I think this song really kind of blew him up and, like, made him a standout, standout artist and what he is now. Because mm-hmm. this song got billions of listens and views, all right? And it kind of showed people, like, oh, this is Lil Uzi Vert. Let me look at his other stuff. And it kind of, even though it was so far before this album came out, it still kind of, like, made the album what it is now and crafted it. Kind of the sound of it, like, how many people listened to it, his audience... And it kind
0: of set him up for everything. It is definitely the perfected version of whatever this album is trying to set out, which I'm glad that he completely accomplishes it And at least this song. But I, think- but I definitely think he nails it on the head a few other songs, too. All right, Mac.
1: What did this album, what effect did it have on you? What did it mean to you?
0: Well, that's a good question to ask. You know, it's always important when you're thinking about a piece of art to just Think about how it affects you personally, aside from what the artist is trying to do with it. And you know what? Listening to this album, uh, it gives me a nice feeling. You know, I like I like the comparison to like a nice um, like a nice wintertime vibe because it, it can be cold at times, but you could be having a good time at the same time too. You know, there's a lot of um, interesting melodies and vocal inflections going on that really you know perk up your ears and get you listening there's a lot of flexing that gets me entertained gets me hyped up there's a lot of darker moments where he's struggling that gets me feeling this album uh definitely displays a wide range uh both vocally both flow wise both performance wise but also emotionally also sonically melodically however you want to put it this album is out there uh it's a good album You know, I like this album. How does it make you feel, Michael? Well,
1: this is kind of a big deal for me because this is one of the first Uzi albums I ever listened to and probably the first album that really got me feeling the way I am about music. And I really like the way that he just kind of like, every song is just kind of a different feeling behind it. Talking about some different issue or something different that he's doing. Like you can hear on some songs, He's really down not having it like on Malfunction. Or on some songs, yeah. he can even just have this like hype Jamaican hard flow shout out Rem on early 20 Rager. And I think that mm-hmm. all in all this album just really shows how much range he has through different like genres and different like ways you can incorporate all of those into one album and all the inspirations you can really tell that he draws. And I think that's really what crafts this And so, one of my favorite albums.
0: Very apt. Indubitably. Indudably. Definitely. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're keeping that that's one We're keeping that one deep. That was filthy. <laughs> Michael, you're the expert. We both talked about what this album means to us. Now, let's get into what this album means to Little Uzi.
1: I think this album meant a lot to him. He was going through some stuff when he made this. I don't know if the viewers at home know this, but when he was making this album, he went through a split with his ex, Brittany Berg, kind of a fashion Instagram model. She she was a love of his life, and he knew that. He even talks about in songs how he was considering buying her a wedding ring, which really shows you how this could have affected him. And in his other albums, it was just kind of him rapping about him and being happy and just making music for the fans. And this one, I think he was making music for himself. The music was his way of coping through what he was going through. And you can hear that, not in the lyrics, but in the way that he sings. You can hear through his tone, the emotion.
0: Just We're the raw
1: feeling. And I feel like you can really see this in some songs like on sauce it up in the beginning talks about he's one of the greatest to ever do it and at the end he talks about how he's just so awesome and everyone else is exhausting and you could take this in more than one way you could just think that's a pretty big ego for him to consider himself one of the greatest of all time i don't think so i think that his ego is just his kind of way of coping with everything that he's going through just mentally Because he's going through some tough times. And I feel like you can interpret it as he just thinks he's better than everyone or that he doesn't feel like he's better than anyone or that he doesn't really have a place. So he uses that kind of confidence to cope with that and hide what he's feeling. That's interesting. And I think that this album in its entirety kind of just is him just letting it all out. It is. He's letting it out. Through a lot of things. How he's feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and what he needs to do. Yeah. All right, Mac. Now that we've been through that, what do you think about the features on this album?
0: You know, there's not too many features, but all the features stand out a lot. I'll give them all that. The Way Life Goes featuring Oh Wonder. Um, a great performance on a song that I don't love. You know, I'm okay with that song. But... It's a standout part of the song. I like it. The Weekend on On Face does a great job. I really like that. Um that's that's a definite highlight for me. But, but let's then, get into let's get into what y'all are waiting for. Oh let's get God. into the worst song on this album. It's <laughs> the
1: Neon Guts. It's Neon Guts. We're here yeah. for all the Neon Guts slander. It's such we a We don't bad like song. Neon Guts. It's a just bad just song. Kind of makes me it feel features a little Pharrell more need every time to I happen. listen to it. I have to question my sexuality for time like I just hear Pharrell hop on the beat. It's just kind of like, what are you doing? Didn't need to be on there. Worse than Filler. Kind of just useless. Would have been a better album if it had 19 songs instead of 20. Sure. But uh, other than that, I think the Oh Wonder sample was a very good part of this album. Yeah. And The Weeknd Future, it was a really good song. He made Unfazed Unfazed. He did.
0: Uh, yeah, Pharrell, you don't have to be here though. The uh, guts as a whole song doesn't have to be here. Uh, yeah. Sorry fuck if Beyond you listened to album and then heard this song. You all know? decade, fuck Neon Guts. We don't care. I'm sure you, you like should Beyond probably Guts. just click
1: off the podcast right now. Don't yeah, do it. I leave. don't care. We don't, don't like Don't it. even sponsor don't this like video. Us.
0: I hate you. Okay. Differences happen. <laughs> okay. Um, but... You know, I might even recommend finding a playlist that's called Love Is Rage Two Deluxe minus Neon Guts. Might be I worth your it time. Tomorrow. Check it out. We might make one for you. Um, all right. I think that kind of wraps up this album review. Does it not? Well, I think we need to rate it first. That's true. You're right. I'm getting ahead of myself. Good what album. am I talking about? What would you rate this album out of 10? That is a great question. I've been thinking a lot about this album. Haven't thought of a rating yet, but we're going to get there real quick. All right. So an important question to ask yourself when trying to rate an album is what is um album trying to do? And how well does it do it? Um, this album, we know we've talked about it. Luigi's well, going through it a little bit, but he's trying to, you know, he's trying to make this as like a therapeutic experience for himself. He's going to flex on us. He's going to provide us with some hype, but he's going to feel a little sad at the same time too, and that's okay. And I think that he really he re- he does this very well. The production supports him 100% uh, on all the songs. He manages to ride that beat. He's right on it all the time. His flows. Very interesting, very out-of-the-pocket. I like him a lot. I like his vocals a lot. He delivers a lot of very good performances on this song. Um, All in all, I think he does exactly what he sets out to do. I think that um, the only thing preventing me from giving it, like, a higher score is the concept isn't really that advanced, but it doesn't have to be, so that's okay. You know, I'd give this probably, like, are um, really like 7.9 to like 8.2, somewhere in that range. I like it. It's a good album. Uh, what about you, Michael? All
1: right.
0: I think that was a pretty good
1: rating, Mac. I think, in my opinion, this album is just, it's solid sonically, legendary lyrically. He really just, it's not supposed to be a lyrical album. Doesn't set out to do that. But when you really, there's some bars that if you just think about it for a little bit, they're just really like double and triple and quadruple innuendos that you just wouldn't think about wow. until you really think about it. And the production is just so solid. Um, all the different flows, not one song sounds the same kind of just the albums just has so much replay value. I think it was ahead of its time. It will be listenable from a long time from now. And I think, solid album. I think that the only thing holding me back from a very high rating is especially in the deluxe, there's just a lot of filler and maybe like four songs on this album just felt like they didn't need to be here. But other than that, I think it was a really solid album. One of my favorite. I'd rate it eight and a half, nine out of ten. I think that's about right album okay always able to come back to it always gives me kind of a nine vibe sounds good
0: i like it a lot well folks if you made it here it means you're an extra special fan thanks for being here thanks for listening we, we love appreciate you say you for making it this far thank you we like made it say- this far comment your favorite animal and that way we'll know you're a real fan mm-hmm. send it to us <laughs> send uh, it to you. us
1: the freaking moon, at
0: at moon idiot at gmail.com send us your business inquiries send us your thoughts if you're going through it send us your album recommendations let's hear it maybe, maybe if it's good be next maybe it'll be next what that's crazy all right guys well hope you're having a good christmas it is christmas if you're not listening on christmas uh maybe just pause it and wait till christmas okay um, because this is a Christmas episode. It's for Christmas, after all. And um, we'll wrap
1: this up like the presents. We're, we're going to wrap it up like
0: the presents? We appreciate
1: you. appreciate you. We appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. And, as always, I'm Michael. I'm Mac. And this
0: has been dire the, the Dire Wild Wild Wimpy Podcast. Podcast. Peace. Woo. Peace.